Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. building. I'm so excited for you. I love this land. I love this place. It's got the handprint of God all over it. And I tell you what, you guys might just think, oh, you know, I'm just me. This is just my life. But God has got an incredible plan for this church. Yeah, that's right. And, and through the people of this church, because of the word of God that has been imparted to you and the transformation that's taken place in your life. You know, it's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. And in our flesh, in our flesh, we're nothing, hey, all of us. But in His Spirit, who we are in God, what He's created us to be, there's no end to what He can do. Amazing. All of us, significance is on your life, C3 Tugra. And not just for the Central Coast, you know. I see people... Sorry. Is it all right? <laughs> sorry, honey. Is it all right? Yeah, sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> yeah, not just for the Central Coast. I just see people going out from this church and, you know, what's, what's been imparted to you from your senior pastors and the Word of God that's come to you, the transforming power of the Word. And I see people even going into Sydney and into other places. And you might be taken there through your career, through your workplace, through all different sorts of things. But it's not just little old you. Little old you has gone. Come on. It's you and God. And you're going to go and you're going to make an impact. Wherever God takes you, you're yeah. going to make an impact. You've been set apart, C3 Tuggera. God has set you apart. Yeah. And wherever you go, you will be set apart as a man, as a woman of God. The Word of God has sanctified you, transformed you, and people will notice a difference about you. You will bring something fresh. You'll bring refreshing. You'll bring cleansing. You'll bring the possibility of a new day for people around you. So I'm delighted to be here. I love the spirit of this house. I love the spirit of your pastors. Oh, my gosh. Julie, <laughs> What is that tonight? She's on fire, Julie. <laughs> wow. Wow. Is this like a secret right. C3 prophetic hub here at C3 Tugra? A little secret prophesying house? So amazing. I love the spirit of these guys. They've got such an open heart to God and His Holy Spirit and such a great love for people. And, you know, Tim and I believe in Phil and Julie so much. We treasure what's on their life, the longevity in their life, the generational fruit in their life, their family, their beautiful daughters, godly grandchildren. 
son-in-laws and we treasure them and we honor them we really we really do honor you guys they're a blessing to us they they, they love us <laughs> and you know, they speak over our life and you know we love them and yeah we you guys are blessed you're blessed to have awesome pastors Great and pastors. you know we are really excited about the future of this wow. church what is going to do right here and you know, I know that you guys have felt like, you know, maybe you've hit a bit of a ceiling. You know, at different times I've hit this ceiling, we've hit this ceiling. But there's the timing of God. There is the timing of God. And right throughout the Bible, it says, in his time, in my time, I will do it swiftly. And, you know, we wait. We wait with faith and yeah. with patience. But then in his time, yeah. he does it. And the breakthrough comes. And, yeah. and I believe that church, I believe it's about his time for this church. Fantastic. And you guys have been diligent with faith and patience. And in his time, he will do it swiftly. And that ceiling will break. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Beautiful. You better stop now. We'll have to take up another love offering. <laughs> well, it's great to be here. And uh, thanks, babe. That's a beautiful dress you've got on. You can be seated. And uh, thank you, musicians. You're wonderful. Love the pianist. Love the drummer. I love this place. Yeah, that's true. You know, every one of us has got a ceiling. I think God wants us to break through the ceiling. And uh, all of us are actually the ceiling. It's not just one person. Often the leaders can see things before they happen. And that's uh, the blessing and the curse of leadership that you live in the future. But you've got to go there. You've got to live there. But the hard thing is you've got to take people into the future. You have to take people. And often God delays the breakthrough through that ceiling because he wants us all to go through. Amen. And uh, we're led through, but we all break through ceilings. And some of us have got ceilings in our life, but this year it's like bang, smash, crash, we're breaking through. Say, I'm breaking through. I'm breaking through. Say, I'm determined. I'm determined. You've got to get determined. Think whatever that thing is, maybe it's a health thing or a, or a fitness thing, or it's just like a funny little thing, but the kingdom is like a seed. The kingdom is little things. It's that little thing that God wants you to smash and break through. And, uh, you know, for me, I need to lose a little bit of weight. And starting a brand new year is like, it's like a great time to start things afresh. And it's like press the reset button in your world. And I was just thinking this morning with this scripture out of Isaiah 54. It says, enlarge. Everybody say enlarge. Enlarge the place of your tent. That's where you live. We need to go to a bigger day. You are a bigger people. This church punches above its weight. You're punching above its weight. Some of you think it's even a miracle that you're here. But God is going to stretch you and he's going to grow you to accommodate more people and increase the footprint of his kingdom in the coast. This church is increasing because it's increasing a space for God to land on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. He says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your curtains wide, don't hold back. For you, maybe the, your ceiling, it's like there's an area that you hold back. Don't hold back. Often we hold back in the things we shouldn't. And we, and we don't hold back in the things we should. It's like, it's like God. There's areas in our lives where we just don't hold back. But there's other areas where we do. It's like the things that we should remember, we forget. And the things that we forget, we should forget, we remember. Amen? It's like you spend all your time thinking about and rehearsing and 
oh, I did this wrong, oh, I messed that up. And you're just, just remembering the things that Jesus has forgotten. He says, as far as I'm concerned, your sins are as far as the east is from the west. I've forgotten them for my own sake. God says, I'm over it. I can't keep remembering them. Neither should you, but we keep remembering them. And so often, for us to get bigger and enlarge all of us, God wants to take all of you through the ceiling, not just the leaders. And then he says, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And that's what's going to happen. You'll settle in areas. You will break through and become fruitful. Where there's barrenness, you'll be fruitful. In fact, the area of your life that is the most barren, unproductive area is normally the area that is the most magnetized and attracted to the Word of God and a space for you to become the most fruitful than where you've ever been. Maybe you came out of a world or a culture where you think, you've always been broke. My parents were broke. My grandparents were broke. I've never had any money. I've always been broke. Fantastic. You're a candidate for the blessing of God. That's where the Word of God is going to work. Maybe in your world you've never owned a home. We've never owned, but you're going to own a home because you can, because God's Word says you can. You may think, oh, I've never been good at relationships. Fantastic. The Bible says that God's strength is perfected in your weakness. And so this is how the kingdom works. And there's these little things. The ceiling, it's like, most ceilings are glass. They're imaginary. But all it takes is for someone to stop doing what they normally do and to do something different to do something that you think you can't do and to keep having a go at that and keep persisting and you're going to find that you break through that ceiling. And so what is it? Name that thing. Name that giant. David named him Goliath. He says, who is he who defies the armies of the living God? I'm going to cut your head off and feed it to the birds. And it's like, David, who does he think he is? He's like this little ruddy rut. The whole nation of Israel is paralyzed. Millions of soldiers paralyzed for months. And David turns up with a slingshot and he comes up to Goliath and he picks up the stones. He picked up more stones than he needed. No, because he's planning to kill all his brothers, not just Goliath. He wasn't thinking of that one thing. He's thinking, I'm going to get the whole family. And so the deal is, it's like what killed Goliath was just this little stone. He, Goliath's weakness, Goliath's weakness we know what David was. He was a worshiper. He was a God seeker. He heard the voice of God. He walked. But Goliath's weakness is what you think was his strength. Goliath's weakness is that he was confident in the flesh. And your area that breaks your ceiling is where you are the most confident in your flesh. And every giant has a weakness. And most of the giants that you see in your world that stop you progressing into an area of wholeness and fruitfulness has a stronghold in the flesh. And so I really believe that the the giant that you're looking at, that mountain you're walking around that you're meant to walk over and walk through, it's just a piece of flesh. And you start getting God and those little things. So I want to talk to you this evening on Ready, Set, Go. That was phenomenal worship. It was like, my goodness, it was like visiting um, Bethel Church and then going to an Annie Lennox concert. And, and, and then it was just like, I don't know what it was. It was incredible. It's like, you're going to put that girl out of a job. What's her name? The lead singer of um, Bethel Church song? Yeah, yeah, Kim Walker. Kim Walker, eat your heart out, a.k.a. Julie. Give Julie a hand. What a worshiper. That was worship. That wasn't just singing. You guys have got the best pastors in the world. I've told you this before. 
But um, I need to tell you again, do not take them for granted. Bless them at all times. At all times, think, how can I bless my pastor? And that'll serve you very well. Ready, set, go. Everybody say, get set. Get set. set free. Okay, right now is a great time. It's a good moment to make lifestyle changes. Time to get rid of clutter. Everybody say clutter. Some of you have got clothes that you never wear. You hang on to them like precious rubies. Throw them out. Give some guy who's on the streets a brand new coat or shoes. Junk, hoard it away. You know, Kirillie and I just moved and it was wonderful, but it was dreadful. It was painful, but in sometimes it was painless. I thought, we need to have a bit of a theme, a little bit of a mantra. We need to have a, a bit of a value. I can see your values up there, all those wonderful values, experiencing invitation, connect, and belong, and honor. And so when we move, we thought, let's just have a theme called Just Dump It. So when you're moving, when you're going to a new day, a new place to live, when you want to live in a new world, in a new circumstance, when you live in the kingdom, there's stuff you've got to say, just dump it. You've got to just keep saying that. So I'm going to move forward. Who wants to move forward? Who wants to go into a bigger day and take more ground and, and shine brighter like, you know, your leaders? And, and, and you've got to just have that theme, just dump it. You've got this stuff you've got to dump. And just for a season, like, you know, just through January, just, you know, early Feb, and it's like, just dump it, just dump it. Go through the wardrobe first in the natural then in the spiritual and uh, you know some of these things in the in the flesh Goliath's confidence was in the flesh some of these things in the flesh mate they've got spiritual strength to them they intimidate us and so we have to get a thing and so we have to have a cleansing in our world and you've got to get positioned for a cleansing and so you know we, we've sort of cleansed them throughout a lot of stuff didn't we babe and um we dumped a whole lot of stuff and filled up some massive, massive garbage bags. We filled up all the church wheelie bins that were empty over the Christmas break. And, uh, well, they're sitting there empty and we had to do something. And so we got rid of so much stuff. And it was it's awesome. It's like, wow, well, now we've got rid of all the flesh stuff. Now, God, you can come and do a cleansing in us. And um, write things down that you want to get rid of. Letting go, for some of us, is really frightening. It's like... I don't know if I can let this thing go. Is it possible to live without that old jacket, you know? We have to make room for the future. If you don't make room for the future, you can't get a hold of it. You can't enter into it. You can't go into the future with backpacks. And it's like you're not meant and built to carry the burden and the weight of 2013, of where you've messed up or all the dysfunctionality and your excess baggage and the things that you haven't nailed to the cross, the things that you keep remembering that Jesus has forgotten. He's like, this is like a broken record. You're wearing me out, you know? And it's like, come on. We need to grasp the future, but we can't do it hanging on to the past and carrying old things. And so we need to get ready, we need to get set, and we need to go into the future. All through the Bible, God commands us, He calls us to remember. He institutes feasts and ceremonies to ensure we do not forget the great works of God from the Passover to the birth of Christ to Easter. The beautiful thing right now about a brand new year is that your past does not have to shape your future. What happened last year has to stop shaping 2013. And so God calls us to remember this and to celebrate these incredible times of feasts. And so we're called to remember things like Easter of the victory of Christ and Christ going to the cross and, and, and Christmas, the birth of Christ. And I preach the message and, and uh, be born in me and letting Christ be born in you 
afresh and, and, afresh and, and I mean, Kiralee had a great message and I stole a little bit of that and it was amazing. And uh, oh, you got to get Kiralee to preach sometimes. She's amazing. All my best messages come from my wife. And um, you know, the deal is this. Don't forget the things that God wants you to celebrate. Write those things down. Go over those things, but don't rehearse the things that he's called us to forget. We have to understand the importance of this because if we don't get set free from the past, we'll never find ourselves grasping or entering into the future. I want to give you three things that you can get a hold of in this beautiful time of the year, this, this sort of time just before the, the rush kits and the, who's going back to work tomorrow? I am for the first time. Well, I'm sort of back at work now, but this is not work. This is, this is life. And um, the first thing you need to do is to face the problem, to face that giant, to face that thing that stares you down, to face that thing that keeps talking at you in the mirror, to face that giant that wants to intimidate you, to face that thing that keeps you in a small place, in contradiction, in violation of the destiny and the promise that God has put in you. Face that thing. You've got to get free from it. Psalm 124, I love the scripture, verse 7, our soul has escaped. As a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken. We've been escaped. The snare is broken. You know, uh, it, my uncle used to have a farm and we'd go there as kids and we'd be walking through the paddock and we'd find these old rusty uh, fox traps. Has anyone ever stepped on a fox trap? No, you'd know about it if you had. There's this, those claw things and it's like, that's like a snare when you step. It's like, uh-oh. And, and like, you're gone. The poor animal just normally breaks their leg and they lie there and... They, you could step into something. It's like a snare. It's like a trap. It's like Jesus has come to set you free. There's nothing that Jesus cannot set you free from. It's the will of God for him to set you free from anything that keeps you in the past. Anything in your, in your, in your heart, in your mind, in your emotions, in your will, in your subconscious, in your dream. He wants to set you free and there's nothing that Christ cannot set you free from. No matter where you've been, no matter what's happened, no matter what you've done, no matter how much it was just you just being dumb, like me, like me there's nothing he can't set you free from. He heals people with incredible diseases. Jesus, he sets people free from bondages. People who are chained, he breaks the chains. He looses them. He sets people free, free from debt. People who can't give, they can't live because they're so burdened by debt. Moses goes to Pharaoh and he, and he demands that he sets his people free. And he, he sets the wheels in motion and he goes up and he gives his best shot. And Moses like, Pharaoh's like, no. Moses like, set my people free so that they may worship the Lord. He goes, no, it's not going to happen. And so he goes away and he thinks he's failed. All his people think he's failed. Pharaoh thinks he's failed. It's a spectacular failure. He goes, this is it. God's calling the people of Israel to get out of Egypt, which means, which means mortsor, which means hemmed into a small place. The world will always keep you contained into a small place. And, and great Moses is hearing from God. It's like, right, it's time to set these people free. And he marches up to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's like, no. Nah. Then he goes again. Pharaoh goes, no. Nah. Ten times. Ten times Moses has to go to Pharaoh. He was disappointed. The people were disappointed. 
Moses didn't want to continue about this set free thing, about this land of milk and honey, about this bigger day, this bigger promise, this bigger footprint, this dream that's going to come to pass. Moses was even discouraged. We can get discouraged. We think, oh, I'm just going to lose my edge and figure I'm going to lose some weight or I'm going to finish that degree one day. I'm going to get a new skill. I'm going to get free from that addiction, get out of debt. Hey, it all takes time. It all takes focus. It takes constant, committed effort to stay free. It takes consistency. It it doesn't happen the first time you say, I'm going to get set free. It takes time. You have to go through the process. You have to go through the hours and then there's a suddenly, but you've got to stick at it because you feel like giving up a thousand times. I remember Mark Kelsey coming back from New York after 10 years of starting the first C3 church in Atlanta, in uh, New York. And I said, what does it take to start a church, Mark? And he says, it takes all you've got and a thousand times more. I said, you mean like, it's like you're digging. He says, we felt like 100% checking out giving up at least a thousand times so he thought oh, I'm, I'm the tenth time I feel like bailing he says we feel like bailing a thousand times but you know what now we've got churches flourishing churches all through the states over the time the tree that you keep watering is the tree that keeps growing and your freedom comes as you say I'm going to face the problem Understand that freedom doesn't happen in an instant. Moses went back again and again until finally the people were free. Initial failure in the past does not mean that you should give up now. You have to know that. Anyone ever failed? Come on. Who's failed? I'm going I'm 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 to do this thing. And you fall flat on your face. Fantastic. Get up again. Face that problem. I remember Shackleton. Was it Shackleton? And he climbed Mount Everest. Was it Shackleton? No, it wasn't Shackleton. Um, Sir Edmund Hillary climbed Mount Everest. The first time he tried, the first few times he tried, and he failed. And he went back to the mountain, and he says, I'm back. And he says, you're not getting any bigger, but I am. That mountain's never going to get any bigger but you're going to get bigger. And eventually, what's in you, the Word of God, is going to get so big. The Bible says it's the fatness of the anointing that destroys the yoke. And you get the anointing inside you. And you know what the yoke is? The yoke of oxen. They put the big bit of wood on the top and the big bit on the bottom, the big bolt through and the the yoke. But if if the oxen eats too much food and just doesn't do the workout, which is walk around all day and all night, pressing and busting up wheat, the oxen gets fat. And the yoke breaks, it's destroyed because the neck and the animal's, the animal's body gets too big. And so the yoke breaks. And it, doesn't, it never says that we're broke, we can fix it. And it says the yoke is destroyed. When, the, when, the, when that piece of wood over the, over the oxen is completely destroyed, it's not fixable. It can't get back on you. And so there's a fatness, there's an anointing as God gets bigger on the inside. As you feed and graze and wait upon him and spend time in prayer and worship. As you keep growing, let me tell you, your mountains get smaller. Your giants get smaller because you're going to get bigger. Amen? Fantastic. Okay. Number one, face the problem. Number two, forget the past. Everybody say, forget it. Like a New Yorker. Forget it. I can't do the New York accent that well. 
Don't let the memories discourage you. Psalm 43, great scripture for a new year. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Like, behold, it's like, you know, like when Moses was walking and he saw a burning bush, it's like, he beheld, like, it's like, wow. But we, like, behold things that go bad. It was like, and then we just get stuck in behold bad things. God says, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. We need to get more captivated about what God's going to do than what you have messed up in the past. And this is what you've done. You're facing the problem. You're consistent. You're persistent. You're unwavering. You're not going to give up. You're determined with a capital D. You can make it. And now... You're not going to think of the old things. You're going to think on what God's going to do. If we fix that on the past, we'll use up our headspace. We need to see the future clearly. As we get ready for a brand new year, we need to be ready to make fresh commitments. Have a break, but get going. You need to fresh, make a fresh commitment. A fresh commitment. I'm committed this year. I'm going to be in the house of God every week. I'm not an every second weeker. I'm an every weeker. I'm going to be at the prayer meeting. I'm going to be in a connect group. I'm going to stick in one connect group all year, and it's going to happen. I'm going to keep giving. I'm not just going to try it. I'm not just going to kick the tires. I'm not just going to tip God. I'm going to give God. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to try it. The word says it, that settles it. I'm not going to argue with God. I'm not going to sit in. You know, I'm just in. Just all the way in. It's like, oh, I don't know if this church is working. Yeah, give them all a hand. It's like, you know, we can sort of think, oh, I'll just see what happens. Well, I can tell you what's not going to, uh, nothing's going to happen. Well, just wait and see what the Lord does. I'm not gonna, you know. No, you move, God moves. Come on, forget that thing, whatever happened, whatever, you know, someone offended you, you know, I don't know, I could never believe it. Maybe Phil and Julie offended you, I can't ever believe that would ever happen. But for some way it happens, like, I, I know I could offend somebody, but my wife, she's, she doesn't offend anybody. But, you know, the Bible says needs, we need to be above offense. The Bible says we need to jump offense. We need to be unoffendable. That's the maturity of a Christian. And, and two things are going to knock you out of the house of God. There's only two. Number one is sin. And number two is offense. Be people who know how to jump that fence. Be quick to forgive. The Bible says we need to forgive before we give. We think, well, I'm giving all this money, but you're not forgiven. Your giving's not going to work until you forgive. Forgive before you give. Come on, church. Get ready, get set free, get cleaned up for a brand new year. Failure is never failure. Failure is not a person, it is an event. It's something that happened. Like the opening of the Harbour Bridge, it just opened, it happened. Fail, whatever, you know, like anyone who's success has failed. In fact, I could tell you about some spectacular, I know you could sit there, Pastor Phil could talk for days about things that have failed. But you just get up again, brush yourself off and keep moving. We only fail if we learn or if we fail to learn from the failure. The moment you let avoiding failure become your motivator, you're down the path of inactivity. You can only stumble if you're moving. If you don't have a few failures, you're not really taking enough chances. Nobody can be, nobody can be right all the time, and the big companies don't become big by playing it safe. This was said by the chairman of Coca-Cola, Robert, after the new Coke debacle in 1985, when they invented the new Coke, and it was a complete flop, and they took it off the market. The guy from Coke, he says, hey, we failed. Let's go again. Let's have another go. The reason we're big is because we've tried things. And a lot of them have worked. Some haven't. Good judgment comes from experience. And experience, well, experience comes from poor judgment and failure. <laughs> Who said that? 
the magical world of the Wizards of Ads, Roy Williams. 3M sticky notes came from a failed experiment to produce the toughest glue on earth. You know the little sticky things? That, you know, that was an experiment they invested millions and millions of dollars in. So we're going to make the strongest glue in the world. And they came up with that. But out of that came a multi, multi-million dollar business. To forget is to bury the past to make a total break. Say, total break. The things that have threatened to drown you will themselves be drowned. Let's look at some of uh, Israel's exit from Egypt. Exodus chapter 15, verses 4. Pharaoh's chariots and his armies, and his armies, he is cast into the sea. His chosen captains are all drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Those Egyptians were chasing them. They had the chariots. They had the swords. They'd, they had experience. The poor Israelites hadn't been in a war for years. They'd been making mud bricks. They didn't have weapons. They didn't have horses. They didn't have chariots. Yet God, they, don't worry about what you don't have. God's got it all. You're unstoppable. The church is unbeatable. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell. Whilst you're in the church, you're in the body. And when you're in the body, the blood flows through the body. You can be here, but you're not here. If you're like that, be here. Get connected. Stay connected. You've got to fight to stay connected. There's a fight in what you're doing. It's not just a leisurely roll up and roll out. You have to fight to be in this kingdom. It's ferocious, but you might fight a few wars. You might take a few hits and a few knocks. But in the end, we win. And that's the promise that you and I have. Don't give up, young people. Don't give up. Don't sell out. Don't compromise on that Friday night. Don't go half measure. Don't just, yeah. Listen. Everywhere you go, all you see is sale, sale, sale. 50% off, 60% off, sale. You're not on sale. Your soul and your dignity is not on sale. You're not half price next Friday night. You're not going to sell out for some case of beer that you shouldn't have or something. You know what I mean? Or some relationship that's not going to give glory to God. You're not on sale. You're not on special. You're not discounted. You're not clearance stock. You're not desperate and dateless. You're not desperate. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because he's going to provide. He's with me. I'm the catch of the year. That's what you need to say. I remember when I was single, I was at Ozfire, the old presence. And this guy stood me up in front of 3,000 people. He said, you're the catch of the year. <laughs> remember that? Were you there? Kerry was sitting there giggling away. And some other girl stood up and says, Ah, oh, it's me, I'm over here. And he's like, we won't go into that. Like, oh my God. It's like, it's pretty scary. As much as the Passover lamb is a picture of Christ dying for our sins and the burying of the chariots is a picture of the slave masters of addictions, sin and sickness, negativity and depression, no longer having any power over us. Jesus has defeated all the works of the enemy. Having disarmed principalities and powers, Colossians, he made a public spectacle triumphing 
over them. See, when victorious Roman generals would return to Rome, he would ride his great stallion surrounded by his troops and behind shackled in chains would be the kings and the noblemen and the soldiers he had conquered and they would shuffle them through the streets, stripped of their crowns and uniforms, completely defeated. And the Romans would parade those that had been defeated. And so uh, here, Paul is using Roman language that they understood in the day, saying we are parading these failures, these people who have been defeated. And this is what Jesus did. He paraded the devil. They could all see, all the demons in hell could see that the devil had been defeated. And the only thing he has power over your world is what you surrender and you give him. When you surrender to Christ, that power is disconnected. It is reversed. Jesus conquered death and hell through the cross. Make a commitment to walk out of anything you're facing right now. You've got to walk out of it. You don't just wave a wand. You don't just drive through and say, I want to get out of debt and just keep driving through and pick up your debt-free ticket on the way out. It's not like that. I'll just buy it online. I want it now. No, you have to go. You have to walk through. I walk, though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You walk through it. You don't stop. The book of Ezekiel, they stopped. The army stopped in the valley, valley of dry bones, because they stopped. Don't stop. You might be in a valley of dry bones. You might be in a place where everything just seems dead. Keep walking. Just keep walking. Just face that problem. Forget the former things and just keep walking. In Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then he goes on, though, we walk through, you know, he says, you walk through the valley, I shall fear no evil. The reason he doesn't fear evil is he keeps walking. Why does he keep walking? Because Jesus is leading. If Jesus is leading, then you're following. When you're following and Jesus is leading, you just keep walking. Are you with me? You just keep following. And he will take you through some, let me tell you, the love of God, and Jesus will take you behind enemy lines. It's like the love of God will take you behind enemy lines. Jesus came down to love the earth, to love us people, to love Sydney, to love the coast. And he got caught behind enemy lines. He, he, the love of God took him to the cross. You might, you'll find yourself, you'll wake up some days and like, what am I doing here? I did not sign up for that. The love of God will take you behind enemy lines. But you watch, you'll win. You'll come through. Okay, let's keep moving on. Get out of debt, get healthy. Sort those relationships out. Fix those ones up that are broken. See those circumstances change. Get a new job, get a new house. Get those living conditions. It's a total commitment to not compromise. Make the commitment that all of you is going to leave the past and enter into a new future. It's interesting when, when uh, Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go so that they might worship Lord God. Pharaoh says, okay, don't go very far. Compromise number one. You go, but you don't go very far. You taper off. Don't go all the way. Oh, well, you know, don't, don't go all the way into that church God thing. Don't get all, don't get too into that giving thing. Don't, you know, just control yourself. Jesus did not have that attitude. Hello. He, he went all the way to the cross. 
He is our footprint. He is our template, complete. First, said, I'll let you go that you may sacrifice the Lord in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far. Compromise number two. We'll, we'll go, but just the men. Don't take the women. Don't take the children. Don't take your family. Don't you dare believe God for your whole family to get saved. You just go down to that church, that church down there. You just you go. But don't, take, don't you be trying to get us all down there. Don't you take the women. Because if you take the women, you can, you can reproduce, you can multiply, you can increase. And Pharaoh says, no, just the men, not the women. Compromise number three. Who are the ones that are going? Exodus 10, 9. And Moses said, we will go with our young and our old, our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. He says, right, you can all go, but you leave your herd and your livestock. He says, the last thing, the last thing that broke the... He says, you can all go, but don't take your money. Don't take your business. Don't take your ability to create wealth, which has the purpose of creating an offering to God. Leave your business. Leave your money. Leave the things that are the most precious and dear to your heart, as Phil spoke about in the offering. And Pharaoh called to Moses, Go serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go. But Moses said, You must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive. Let's commit. Let's commit every area of our life to come out of bondage. Every area that you feel small and hemmed in, commit to take that as an offering. Freedom happens when we cooperate with God and we go all the way. Number three, the last thing, just as we close, have faith in God. Number one, face the problem. Number two, forget the past. Number three, the third thing to do to get set free is you've got to have faith in God. Whatever you need to do this year, it's going to take faith. Everybody say faith. faith. God is going to recover everything that you've lost. As the Israelites left Egypt, the Egyptians loaded them up with their wealth. They simply gave it to them. It was the biggest transfer of wealth of, of the history of the world. The amount of wealth that they left with was an incredible transfer. All that they'd lost came back. Whatever you've lost last year, God is going to recover for you this year. I'm hanging on to this scripture in my world, Joel chapter 2.25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming lotus, the chewing locusts, my great army which I send among you. Wow. The attitude, the attitude you and I need to take into a new year is an attitude of faith. Faith calls, it summons, it announces, it proclaims. It calls things in the being that are not as if they were. It has its anchor in the unseen. 1017 in Hebrew says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, the title deed, the guarantee of things not yet seen. It's a conviction of reality on the inside. It's an inner witness in your spirit. It's faith that we need to take. And this faith will cause you to take steps. It'll cause you to act. It'll cause you to move. It'll cause you to do things you never thought you could do. 
You and I have to become men and women of faith. It's always the men and women of faith who've changed the world. There's three types of people in this world. There's people that make it happen. There's people that watch it happen. And there's people that sit there and think, well, I wonder what happened. It's faith. It's being a person of faith. I never forgot that. I heard that when I was 16. I was trying to work the world out. And that was it. There it is. It was simple. You've had that before, Tim, haven't you? Once. Faith is about believing and stepping into what God has promised and what God has done and what God is doing. Abraham simply entered into what God was doing on his behalf. Message Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. He just entered it. You slip on in. Just slip on into the river. It's like standing by the river, watching it all, looking at it all, taking it all in. But it's a different deal when you jump into that river. You just slip on into what God is already doing on your behalf. That's what Abraham did. God is doing stuff for you. You just got to get in. Just cooperate with God. God is a flow. Just start flowing with God. Start kicking against that thing. Some of you, God's telling you to go to college. It's going to be an amazing year. Don't be fearful. Don't be worried. It's going to be the best years of your life. Who's going to college this year? whole lot of you guys going to Bible college right here. One, two, three. A few guys away. That's awesome. See, if our thinking is conformed by the world we live in, our reference point is no longer heaven, and our vision of the future becomes small and we pull back. Religion, which is the will, intention, efforts to get it all together for God, always gets in the way of what God is doing for us. But faith always points us back to Christ and what he is doing for us. And so stop trying to get it all right and just flow with what God's calling you to do. Often what God's calling you to do sort of seems like he wants you to jump off this massive cliff that you've never jumped off. It's like, that can't be God. That's God. If it's not doable, it's God. Jesus is the revelation of this action of what God is doing for us. Living by faith is our response to what Christ does for us. Faith is trusting and relying on God, being fully persuaded about his word. By faith we understand. Say understand. By faith we understand. This whole generation, the generation now, generation me, generation Y. It's called Gen Y because they just ask why. Why? Why? Like believing is like wrong. Don't believe anything. Don't trust anything. Be sinister. Be highly cynical. Don't believe anything. Gen Y, they just ask why. That's the wrong question to ask. Whole generation. Leaving the church faster than any generation in history. Only 5% of Gen Y is in church in the States. The most untapped market in America is Gen Y. Because they've got this question going in their head. It's like driving down a dead end street trying to get out. You can't get out because it's the wrong question. Don't ask why. The question is who? Who? His name's Jesus. The Bible says, by faith we understand. The world says, no, 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 no. Don't you believe anything until you, underst- you understand everything. You don't understand by learning. You don't understand with knowledge. We have access to more knowledge, more education, internet. You can get a degree on the net in no time. There's access to education. It's not helping. More people are killing themselves. More people. The answer is not information. The answers to your why. You get one answer to your why, you can have another five whys. It's like an insatiable fleshly desire to want to know why of everything. By faith, 
we understand. It's only by faith in Christ that that why is actually satisfied. Once you understand the why of life, you can go through anything. But it's not just answers to questions, it's the meeting of a person. It's the meeting of Christ. Okay, just as we close, as the musos come. You and I have to believe. You have to believe. It's our nature to believe. You can't not believe. It's what the ancients were commended for. Can I tell you, the biggest robbery of the century is the robbery of faith. The greatest robbery that this world has ever seen. And it's happening in this generation. But you and I are going to change it. The greatest robbery is the robbery of faith in God and in his word and in his kingdom. As you stop believing, your world falls apart. When we fall away from faith, we fall away from God. Hebrews 3 says, Beware lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. Hebrews 11 always defines the great heroes as heroes of faith with absolute clarity. It was never joy, it wasn't love, it wasn't brokenness, it wasn't fasting. It was faith. It was faith that they were commended for. What are you going to step into 2013 with faith? What step of faith is God challenging you to take this year? It's the essential ingredient for the victorious life. You and I are called to be the most uncommon breed of people. Why are you uncommon? Because you're a person of faith. Because you believe when nobody, you swim upstream. You want a weird life? Follow the crowd. Just go into the world. The world's getting weirder and weirder. Do you want to be a fighting fish? You swim upstream like the salmon. You get in that river. You might feel like you're going upstream. That's good. Don't go with the crowd. You have a very weird life. Let's all stand up right now. God has dealt you and I a measure of faith. Every one of us a measure of faith. No one has He overlooked. He's given you a, a measure of faith. What are you going to do with that? Faith is like a muscle. You use it and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. God doesn't just wave a wand and say, well, you're the one, you know, your faith will never be tested. You're just the chosen frozen. No, every one of you, you're called. God has put faith in you. I want you to be challenged this year. God is going to call you to step out in faith right now. Some of you, I want to pray for those guys going to Bible college. That's an amazing step of faith. That is like the biggest step of faith. 21 years ago, 21 years ago this year, I left a fantastic job, a very, very good paying job, very secure, and, uh, and uh, I went to Bible college. It was almost madness. It was like, it was just, why would you do that? It didn't make any sense, yet it changed my life. Step out of your seat if you believe God is calling you to go to Bible college this year. Some of you already committed to go, just come. Some of you are facing decisions. Whatever that step of faith is, I want... Whatever that thing is, you know what? The first thing you need to do is just surrender and yield and just get on this altar. Just take a step forward. Come and stand on this altar. Young people, mums and dads, friends, just get on this altar. This year is going to be the best year you've ever had in your life. I'm telling you, Presence Conference is like a wave of revival coming across the whole eastern seaboard of Australia. We already have around about... Four or 5,000 registrations for the entertainment center that holds 10,000. People come from all around the world. Set yourselves. Don't set yourself at the end. Set yourself this year. Set yourself on the altar. 
Some of you here, and it's like you're away from God, or it's like you've had a bit of a holiday from God. It's like, come on, just stay. I'm going to make sure that I'm on this altar. I'm going to be surrendered afresh. You need a fresh touch of God. And it's like, yeah, you've got your gang, you've got your mates, you've got your clique, but what you need is Jesus more than anything else. You need to know who you are in God. If you're sitting out there and think, I just need to just, just reaffirm and get on the front foot. Sometimes you can be here, but you're not here. It's like you're sitting or you're on the back foot. You need to be on the front foot. There's no victory on the back foot. Come on, step out of your seat and get on the front foot right now. If that's you in your Christian life, it's like your walk. I need to get on the front foot. I need to get back on the front foot. Come on, jump out of your seat. Push past your friend. Bring your friend with you. Bring your whole row. If you're too scared to come, just come. Don't worry about anyone who thinks, anyone says. Just step out of your seat and say, I'm going to get on this altar. I'm going to get in the safest place in the world. It's out on the edge and take and walk them by faith. Don't worry. Don't let fear hold you back. Come on, step, I want one line all across the front. I don't want people, I want, come and stand in the middle here. I don't want people backing up. Take a step forward, you guys at the front. I want one line, everyone stepping out. Don't come hesitantly, don't come afraid. Just come boldly. Come and stand up the front here. Just stand here, front and center, reporting for duty. God, I'm ready to rock and roll this year. I'm unstoppable. The power of God is on me. If God is for me, who can be against me? All things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you, says God. All things work together for good. Forget about last year. If you had a really bad year last year, I had a worse year. You get on this altar. You forget that thing. I want you to dump it on the altar. Dump it. Dump it. Get rid of that year. Get it on the altar. Get that thing off you. Get it out of you. Just run from that thing. Come on. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost. If you don't know the Lord, if you've never asked Christ to come into your life, if you're away from God and you need to come back, if you have fallen away from God, maybe your heart has gone cold. It's just full of religion and facts. Maybe you're here tonight. You came with a friend and you haven't asked Jesus to come into your life. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you used to walk with God, but you've fallen away and you're cold and you just think, man, I've got to get right with God. If you're here tonight, I want you to step out of your seat, come down the front, if that's you. Who's that person here tonight? You need to come back to the Lord or you need to come to the Lord and surrender your life. If you've never said, Jesus, be my Lord and my Saviour, just lift your hand if that's you here tonight. If that's you at all, just step out of your seat. I want to pray for you. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.